And we're going to get into the Word of the Lord, Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And I'm going to read three verses, verse 42, 3, and 44. Amen. Luke chapter 22, and I'll read verse 42, saying, Father, if thou will, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, everybody say, nevertheless. Not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach a message that I have chosen to call predetermined faith. Predetermined faith. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid on our heart to preach to this congregation today. And I pray, Lord, that by your spirit and power that somehow that every person in this room will determine in their heart that whatever comes their way, Lord, that they will still do your will. Speak through your word today, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. It was May of 1940. The political and military situation in Europe was catastrophic. Seven years earlier, Adolf Hitler had gained absolute power in Germany and immediately rearmed his nation. On September the 1st, 1939, he invaded Poland and then turned his fury on the nations of Western Europe. Hitler's lightning war, as it was called, rumbled almost unopposed through Norway and Denmark and Holland, Luxembourg and Belgium. The French army, which mostly military experts would believe that it was it would possibly be able to hold its on against germany but it was humiliated in only 40 days nearly 500,000 british and french troops were trapped in a tiny coastal enclave called Dunkirk, where they faced certain annihilation. Hitler's armored divisions were only 15 miles away, while Goring's air force bombed and continued to barrage the armies that were below. As the British people anxiously awaited word of their fate, 
there was a three-word message that was transmitted to the besieged army. And it was, but if not, but if not, and it continued to come through. In response to that unusual message, a critical order was issued to save those troops. Every tiny vessel and private craft was sent across the often treacherous waters of the English Channel to, with orders to rescue as many men as possible. And nearly 350,000 of the Allied troops were rescued from the beaches. But what did all of that mean? And what were they referring to when they said, but if not? They would send a message for help and they would say, if we can get assistance, if we can get ammunition, if we can get proper equipment, this is what we would be able to accomplish. But if not, dot, dot, dot. They would leave the end open. It's kind of that they had made a predetermined decision that regardless what happened, they would continue in the battle. It's believed that they were quoting a piece of Daniel chapter 3. When the scripture says that they were ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace and they made a statement to the king and said, Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, everybody say, but if not. Say it again, but if not. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. The Hebrew boys had already made a predetermined decision. Their faith was so strong in the Lord that they knew that He could deliver them out of the fiery furnace. But if not, they still were not going to serve the gods of the king. They knew that their God could walk into the fire and could walk with them and their clothes could come out without smelling like fire. But if not, they were still going to trust Him. It didn't matter what they were going to face, but if not, they were still going to serve him. I wonder today what would happen in this room if we made up in our minds that regardless what we are going to face today, tomorrow, or in the future, that we have our faith so predetermined that regardless what comes our way, I will serve the Lord. I will do the will of God. I come this morning to preach a very simple message. It's not going to shatter anybody's mind or break anybody's uh, train of thought too much this morning because it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But I come today to tell you that if you will make up in your mind that there is nothing worth quitting over. There's nothing worth stopping over. There's nothing worth turning around over. You will make up your mind that regardless what comes your way, that you're going to serve the Lord. You'll ask God to answer a prayer, but if he chooses not to answer the prayer, I'm still going to believe he's able to answer prayer. 
I walked to this pulpit this morning <coughs> to preach a little faith into your spirit. I walked off the platform after receiving the offering. Dylan looked at me and said, is your back hurting this morning? I said, always. God is able to heal. But if he chooses not to, he's still able to heal. I believe it was Job that said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I wonder how many of us live our life saying, God, if you will do this for me, then I will serve you. God, if you'll answer this prayer, then I will become faithful. God, if you'll make me wealthy, then I'll pay my tithing. God, if you'll bless me this way, then I will do this. And we're always bargaining with God, always saying if God will take the first step of doing all these things that we're ordering him around to do, then we will be faithful and do our part. But God doesn't work like that. As a matter of fact, faith must be a predetermined uh, a point of view, a predetermined mindset in every one of us that we say it regardless what we deal with, regardless what comes my way, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to serve Him. I'm still going to trust Him. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to sing. I see some folks, they come into church. You can tell when they're having a bad day, their arms are folded. Their bottom lips sticking out. Their eyes are drooping to their earlobes. They're sad. They're mad. They're angry. They're upset. They sit slumped over. They don't have to say anything. You can just see by their demeanor that they're not happy. You can tell by their actions something didn't go their way. You could beg them to worship God. They're not going to worship God. Jesus could walk in the house and they would only pick up a little finger and say, hey, it doesn't matter what kind of service we have. They're still going to leave with the same attitude that they came with because they are, they are upset. They're angry. They're heartbroken. Uh, things didn't go their way. And in the middle of, 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 of uh, leading a service, sometimes you'll see somebody, they're disconnected, they're not going to worship, they're not going to be connected. And I can tell you that three people can get the Holy Ghost, four people can get healed, gifts of the Spirit can operate in a service, and they'll still leave the same way they came in. And their faith will be no stronger, and they'll still go out questioning everything that went on. Let me tell you why. It's because they're waiting for God to do something for them so that they can then shift gears and decide, now I'm going to start serving God. If I've heard one, I've heard a hundred people in my lifetime say that if God will bless me, then I'll support the church. Or I've heard people say, if God will heal my wife of cancer, then I'll start going to church. Then I'll be faithful. Pastor, really, if the Lord will, if the Lord will save my kids, I'm going to start showing up to every service. The issue is, is that God is not going to do anything you're ordering Him around to do that is outside of His plan and His purpose. It may be your unfaithfulness is why your children aren't in the church. It may be your lack of commitment. And so you're saying, God, if you'll save them, I'll start being faithful. And God's saying, if you would be faithful, I would be able to save them. 
We need to get some predetermined faith that says regardless what comes into my life, on the worst day of my life, I'm still going to worship. When things aren't going good, I'm still going to praise Him. When things aren't going my way, I'm still going to sing. I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord because my joy is not built on what has happened to me. My joy is based on the knowledge I have that my God is able. Let me hang here for a minute. Happiness is built on what's happening. But joy is built on what you know. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you know that God is able, although he hasn't healed you, but I know he's still able, will allow you to live in joy. But if you're going to wait until the healing comes before you can speak a positive word, you may be waiting a while. Somebody today needs to make up their mind. Regardless what happens in my life, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a praiser. The Allied troops were, tra- were trapped on the shores of Dunkirk. The evil Nazi empire was coming down upon them. No hope of escape. Yet they are declaring... We will do our duty, and our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we will faithfully take our last stand against the enemy. They had predetermined what they were going to do regardless of the outcome. Uh, You might have read about this story. It was up in the St. Paul area of Minnesota a few years ago when there was a dentist's wife that was charged for the killing of her husband. They lived in a very high-end neighborhood at the end of a cul-de-sac. And she came home one day and found him there with another woman. And so she lured him out into the street. And when she got him out in the street, she ran over him with a vehicle. And she turned her wheels and started doing circles. And she just kept running over him. And kept running over him and kept running over him. Now, I'm I'm smiling over. Justice is bad. There's some women you just don't want to mess with. She just kept running over him and kept running over him and kept running over him. And when she, they came finally and stopped her and Of course, they take her in, charge her with murder. And she gets off. Doesn't have to do any time. Because they said it was a crime of passion. In other words, it was just in the moment. She found her husband with another another woman. And... It was a crime of passion. But if she had thought it through, 
and she already knew what she was going to do, she would have been charged with capital murder. And she would have probably been found guilty of murder in the first degree and would have either gotten life in prison or death if Michigan has a, uh, or Minnesota has a death penalty. But because it was not predetermined, it was not held to her account because they said she had not thought it through. Now, I'm not so sure about that. But they could not prove she had thought it through beyond a reasonable doubt. Don't anybody get any ideas in here this morning? But what I am telling you today is that sometimes when I enter the house of the Lord, I come in knowing that I'm not feeling my best, that it hasn't been my best week, that things haven't necessarily gone my way, that I may have gotten hit with some bills that I wasn't expecting. Ain't nobody going to help the preacher today. Things didn't turn out exactly the way you thought they ought to turn out. But I make up in my mind if I just get into the house of the Lord. I'm going to clap my hands. And I don't care who doesn't like it, but I'm going to lift my hands. And I don't care if I may sound off key, but I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship God with all of my heart. I am going to predetermine in my heart, in my mind, that I'm going to worship God because in spite of what I'm going through, He's still worthy. In spite of what I'm facing, He's still on the throne. In spite of what I'm dealing with, God is still God. And I'm not going to let what happens to me keep me from worshiping, keep me from praising. Come on, apostolics. We ought to get on our feet this morning and take a little moment and say, you know what? I may not feel like it, but I've already thought it through in my mind. I'm going to worship him anyway. <coughs> yes. Let me help some of you understand. God bless you. Let me help some of you understand the importance of, of, of our, our prayer time before service. On Sunday evening, we come early at 5.30 and go to the prayer room and pray. And pray up to right about 6 o'clock when we come in. There's a good number of people that go and, and pray. The choir is usually there. Children's ministry is usually there. Our leaders are usually in there. They go in and begin to pray. There is a reason for that. It's not that they're more spiritual than anybody else. It's not that they've had a better week than anybody else. It's not that they have the extra 30 minutes to cut off of their Sunday afternoon nap. The issue is, is they go in there and talk themselves into something. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship God today. I, we're going to have good church tonight. I, I'm going to, you know what? I, God, if you'll help me tonight, I'm going to begin to magnify you. I'm going to begin to worship you in spite of it all. But you know what we do? We come in, 
When we don't feel like it, we don't. Well, I'm waiting for God to make me feel like it, and then I will. If you wait for God to make you feel like it, you may never feel like it. Oh, I'm going to mess with some of your theology. Some of you think that you can't shout unless the Holy Ghost forces it on you. Some of you think you can't lift a hand unless the Holy Ghost lifts up your hand for you. I never had the Holy Ghost lift up my hand for me. I never, I never had the Holy Ghost force me to clap. It's completely of my own accord. I've never had the Holy Ghost lift up my hand. It's of my own accord. I've never had the Holy Ghost cause me to leap. I leap for joy. I leap for joy because I've got understanding and know that although I may have pain in my back, I know he's a healer of back disease. And if I can get enough energy and if I can get beyond the pain, I'll leap for joy because he is good and because I know he's a healer and because I'll do it in advance because I know he will make a way. Come on, I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking to us about how to help ourselves when we come into the house of the Lord. You need to walk in that back door with a predetermined mindset. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to get involved in what he's doing. I'm going to pray like nobody's listening. I'm going to worship like nobody's watching. I'm going to sing like nobody cares. But he is worthy, and it's predetermined that I'm going to give him my best. But we bargain with God on our, on our terms of, well, our humanistic view of, well, if God does this, then I will do that. But God doesn't work on our bartering. We need to make up in our mind, regardless, I will still trust Him. Regardless. I will still serve him. If he never does another thing for me, I have predetermined faith, and I know that he can. We all want our answer, we all want our healing. We all want our blessing. But what happens if you don't get your answer? Or what happens if you don't get the answer you want? What happens if you don't get your healing or you don't get your healing right now? What happens if you don't get your blessing right now? What if you come to church looking for a word but you don't receive the word you're looking for? Then what? Then what? My faithfulness is not predicated on what he does. My faithfulness is predicated on what his will is. Jesus prayed in the garden, saying, Father, if thou be willing, Let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, everybody shout nevertheless. nevertheless. Not my will, but thine be done. Everybody shout nevertheless. nevertheless. In other words, Jesus was saying, if I could have it my way, if I could get what I wanted, I wouldn't go through this. If I could have it the way that I want it, I wouldn't go down this road. If it could be the way I'd like to see it, it certainly would pass by me. But nevertheless, in other words, if I can't have it my will, if I can't have it my way, nevertheless, not my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. How long has it been since you have prayed the will of God? How long has it been since you have prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. (coughs) Verse 43 says that there appeared an angel of the Lord unto him from heaven strengthening him. When Jesus prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Obviously, something supernatural happened. An angel of the Lord appeared unto him, strengthening him. And he, being in agony, prayed more earnestly. Did you get that? The example that Jesus prayed. If I can have it my way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, it's not about my will. And an angel came and ministered and strengthened him. And when the angel came and ministered and strengthened him, he prayed even more earnestly. What would happen if we would begin to pray the will of God. God, here's what I'd like to see happen. But it's not about my will. It's about your will. I got a feeling that there would be ministering angels that would come on the scene and begin to strengthen some people in the middle of your situation. If he chooses not to answer, he will still strengthen. In that nevertheless, there may not be the answer you're looking for, but there'll be the strength that you need. Oh, I wish somebody would get this this morning. It may not be the answer you're looking for, but it will be the strength that you need. Keep praying, keep believing, and keep trusting. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. If you want to have faith, it'll close the mouth of the lions. 
If you want to have faith that will walk through the fire with you, it's predetermined faith. You think that I'm just pulling this out of, out of the air? Let me, let me point some things out to you. Before the three Hebrew boys went in, they looked at the king and said, He can deliver, but if he, he chooses not to, but if not, we're still not going to serve the king. Jesus said, If it be possible, let it pass, but nevertheless, not my will. Here's what Jesus said to John the Baptist. In Luke chapter 7, there's a story about John the Baptist. You ever heard of him? I'm checking to see how many he's awake. You ever heard of him? He's put out on the aisle and he's, he's at the, you know, he's, John the Baptist is, John the Baptist is, uh, he's, he, he's the forerunner of Christ. And he has, he has made Straight in the wilderness, a highway for the Lord. So here is John the Baptist. And now he's at the end of his journey. And John is about to be killed. And There's some men that came to him. And John the Baptist says, go back to Jesus and ask him, art thou he that should come or should I be looking for somebody else? Now, I don't know about you. But when my head's about to be put on a platter and I know it, and I'm crying out to Jesus for help. And Jesus isn't showing up. Oh, you, you spiritual folks, he shows up every time, doesn't he? And you don't understand where he's at. You don't understand why he's not coming. You don't understand what's going on. And all of a sudden, along come some of his disciples. Well, we're here on behalf of Jesus. I didn't want to see a disciple. I love y'all. But if I'm at death's door and I'm crying out to Jesus and he sends you, I, I love everybody. Y'all good. Appreciate your prayers. But I'm really wanting Jesus. And, and, and it's kind of, it comes across sarcastic when I read it because I live in a sarcastic house with my boys, of course. And he says, Art thou he that should come? I've been asking for Jesus. Art thou he that should come? Or, or should we go and look, should I start looking elsewhere? You ever prayed and said, God, do I need to be talking to somebody else? Oh, you, you spiritual folks, y'all don't ever, y'all don't ever get discouraged to the point that your prayer sounds, I get real in prayer sometimes. Lord, have you heard me in the last few days? 
Lord, I, I, I prayed for a blessing and you sent rain. I didn't want rain, Lord. That's not, I know it's what I needed, Lord. I know the grass needed water. But now I got to mow it and I was asking for a blessing because I'm already too busy. I can't get everything done. So the blessing to the grass is not a blessing to me, Lord. Art thou he? Or, or should we, should I look for another? And Jesus says, you go back to John. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. He's wanting you to show up. And you sent us. And he is a little frustrated and he sent a message back to you wanting to know if we're the one that should come or should he be looking for somebody else because you still ain't showed up. And Jesus says, you go back and you tell John. Wait, wait, Jesus, you, you should go visit. It would console him. You go tell John how the dead are being raised and the lame are walking and the blind are receiving sight. You go tell him about all the miracles that's going on. And before you leave, you tell him, blessed is he that's not offended in me. I'm letting this sink in just a little bit. Do you see what's happening here? John asks for Jesus. Jesus sends a disciple. John's not happy. He sends a word back to Jesus. Hey, I got it. You need to come back. Jesus said, I clearly understood you. Now go back and tell him miracle signs and wonders are happening. But you're not getting them. And blessed is he who is not offended. Because John, before you depart, there's some things that you need. I need to work on out in you before you go. And that is that you're living in offense. And until you get over the offense, it's not time for you to depart. But if you'll get over the offense, it's going to be better on the other side. I come this morning to remind you something. The Lord could have spoken a word and delivered John away. There would have been no head on a platter. There would have been, it didn't have to happen that way. It didn't have to go that way. It could have been a deliverance. The Lord could have sent angels instead of disciples. He should have. He could have sent. He could have sent an earthquake and delivered him. He could have sent whatever that he would have wanted to have done. He could have done, but instead he sent a word. Blessed is he who is not offended of me. I come this morning to wrap up this simple message, but I come to tell you this morning, some of you have been ordering God around. He's not doing what you're telling him to do. You're getting frustrated because it's not going your way. And the Lord is sending a messenger this morning to say, don't get offended because it's not coming your way. You need to start praying the will of God. Start praying my will. When my will starts being prayed, ministering spirits are going to show up. I'll quit sending disciples to send you a word, and I'll send a ministering spirit to strengthen you in the middle of your situation. It's a difference in praying direction and praying the will of God.
Come on, get it in your mind this morning. I know God still can. He hasn't yet, but he can. But according to his will, I will accept whatever. (coughs) Paul and Silas are thrown in jail. What would you and I do? Thrown into the inner prison. Four quaternion, twernions of soldiers are around you. A lot of people. Four groups of four. Here they are in this prison. They've got jailers charged to keep them. They've got soldiers around them. They've got them anchored down. They knew God could. That's why, see, the issue is, I'm going to get back on what I hit last week. The enemy is more aware of God's power than some of us. The thing the enemy doesn't want is for you to be strengthened. The thing that the enemy doesn't want is for you to be strengthened by the angelic host of heaven that comes on the scene because your spirit and attitude is right through your predetermined faith. If you'll make up your mind this morning, I believe God can send a ministering spirit to some of you that will strengthen you in the middle of your dilemma. And although the answer is not there yet, or the answer is not what you've been looking for yet, God's going to send ministering spirits to strengthen you just like he did Jesus in the garden that you would be able to make it through and be able to see the will of God fulfilled in the end. So here they are in jail. Now what you going to do? You are locked up, tied up, surrounded by people. What are you going to do? We're going to sing. We're going to give God glory. Wait a minute. They're going to kill you tomorrow. We're going to sing, and we're going to give God glory. Because these guys, I don't know that they were the two that had already been down to visit John. But there's one thing for sure. There is one thing you must know, and that is that regardless what situation you're in, God has not forsaken you. And if you will predetermine in your spirit this morning that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand strong. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to pray the will of God. No matter what happens to me, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm, I'm about to wrap this thing up this morning, but I came this morning to ask some of you, have you been praying your will? Have you been praying that God would answer it your way? Have you been asking God to do it on your terms? Are you allowing your emotions to get in the way of your answer? What would happen this morning if God would send a ministering spirit to you? What would happen this morning if God would send an angelic host to where you are and begin to strengthen you right in the middle of your situation? 
and you've been praying all along for the answer, for the resolve, for the healing, for the, for, for the way to be made, but instead God has another thing in mind. He wants to strengthen you in your dilemma. Would you receive the strength to be able to pray more earnestly? Because I got a feeling today that if you would receive the strength that God is wanting to send to you, that you would begin to pray more earnestly and the answer will come. But you've got to have predetermined faith. I'm going to do a different kind of altar call this morning. I'm going to call for those of you that have been walking in the struggle. This is not for everybody this morning. This is for those today that, that know that I've preached to you today. You've been praying and asking God for an answer, but the answer hasn't come. Or the answer that you've been asking God for is not the answer that you've received. Or maybe God's been silent altogether, and here you are in your dilemma, wondering if God even hears. My call is to you this morning. I'm asking you if you would consider responding to this message today because I believe that God is going to send ministering spirits to you today, that he will begin to strengthen you right in the middle of your dilemma. Stand with me all over the building if you would. I'm not going to belabor the point or take a lot of time today. I'm going to open these altars immediately. For those of you that are in the house today that need the strength of the Lord, that need ministering spirits to come and strengthen you where you are, I want you to come gather right across the front. Come very close to the front here this morning. Stand right up here at the altar area if you would. Just for those that have been that know that I preached to you this morning and you need the, the help of the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands all over the building right now while folks are still responding. Come on, step all the way forward if you would, right up against the front if you would. Make plenty of room, but just step all the way forward. Now I'm going to ask some saints in the house this morning that has a lot of faith, some of our elders and ministers and good altar workers this morning to come because we're going to pray this morning until God sends ministering spirits to where they are that he's going to strengthen them in the middle of their battle, in the middle of their situation. Come on, step out from where you are. I need some help here in the altar today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God's going to do a work here in a few moments. Go ahead and let your spirit be broken before the Lord right now. Go ahead and let your spirit be broken before the Lord right now. I need some altar workers to take charge this morning. I need you to step up and take charge today. Help me if you would. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, that's it. Turn it over to the Lord right now. Turn it over to the Lord right now. Come on, the battle's not mine anyway. It belongs to you. God, I've been wrestling with things that are too great for me. I feel like God, go ahead and tell him how you feel. Lord, I've been asking if you've even been hearing me.
I've been asking if you're hearing me. I've allowed my, I've allowed my flesh to be affected. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on now, receive from the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, send ministering angels, send spirits to where they are right now to strengthen them, to strengthen them to pray more earnestly, to believe and trust you more than they've ever trusted you before. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, let the Lord minister strength to you this morning. Receive it from the Lord today. Receive it from the Lord today. No other name, no other name. Oh, receive it from the Lord today. Jesus. 